Welcome to the Good Talent Media Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Nicola Barton, Account Director at Good Talent Media, and joining me is fellow Account Director Lindsay Salas. How are you, Lindsay? I am okay, Nicola. Thank you. It is a beautifully warm day in Sydney today, and our topic of the day is the art of pitching, how you can create irresistible pitches that grab media attention. So today we'll go through some do's, some don'ts, some tricks of the trade as two individuals who are pitching hundreds of times per week. I think that gives us some merit, don't you, Lindsay? Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) So I guess, you know, if you're a small business or if you're someone who's been trying to do PR on your own, stories aren't getting up, something just isn't clicking, it's time to look at how you are formulating your pitches. Are you putting together, you know, lengthy media releases that are promoting your product or service without a real news hook or angle? Are you sending this out to anyone with an email without trying to target the right people and demographics? There are some common mistakes we see when organisations bring us to assist in their media outreach. So we'll talk through some of these today as well as to give some tips and advice. Lindsay, you can start us off. What what are some of your big no-nos when it comes to crafting an irresistible pitch? Yeah, well, I have three from the top of my head. So we'll go through each one individually, but having too many voices in a story, not having case studies or any collateral to support it, and then being too salesy and not newsy. I guess with the first one, when you're writing a pitch, you need to ensure you're speaking through synonymous messaging, but you also need to make sure that you don't, you aren't mixing too many voices in one pitch. And thinking about that, you only have what someone's attention is like 30 seconds and it's getting mm. slower or tinier and tinier. So I think keeping that in mind, you need to have a strong voice that's synonymous throughout the pitch, but you also need to make sure you're not pushing too many spokespersons in one pitch. So be selective and targeted when you're creating your pitch. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more on that. I think obviously we need a strong case study and we need, you know, as the authority talent to have a strong spokesperson, whether that's a CEO, a GM or, or someone that's an expert in their field. But absolutely, I think once we get too many voices in the story, we can lose sight of what our message really is. But also, Lindsay, and I know you'll have seen this in a lot of cases with your clients is if there are too many different voices in a story, it's likely the journalist isn't going to want to interview everyone or they don't have the word count to to be able to interview everyone. So people do get cut. And is that you or is that three of your partners that you've got in on the story? So I think it, it is a bit risky when we're bringing too many voices in. Yeah. The other element to keep on top of your mind is if you don't have case studies or if you don't have any collateral to support your claims, that's going to be a big bump in the road for you. So having a case study provides a real-life picture to what essentially you are selling to the reporter. So a lot of, especially depending on what publication that you're targeting, most of them are going to want a case study. A case study just provides color to a story, gives people the ability to relate to it and see themselves in it. Mm. Um, So that's super key to have it. And if you don't have a case study, there's ways around it by having a specific spokesperson that can add validity to your angle or having any data that you release to support it. Um, Just something to lift 
the pitcher's legs, essentially. Mm, that's it. I mean, you've got to think, if a member of the general public is reading this story, who are they going to relate to? They're going to relate to the person that it actually affected, that's on the ground experiencing what they're experiencing, not necessarily the, the CEO in, in their office mm. in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But yeah, certainly. I mean, we, we bang on about it all the time, but case studies really are the magic ingredient of a story. And I've actually got a good example I was doing a story this week with one of my clients who are in the recruitment sort of HR space. We went to the AFR with a story sort of around AI and and trades and how trades are the future um, because AI is taking over all of our jobs. And basically the story, they they couldn't get me a case study at first. The journalist told me, you know, at the current state, it's probably going to be a page 25 story. If you can get me a case study, it'll probably make the front. So we scrambled around and and we got this case study and it actually did make the front page. So it really makes Mm. the difference having that human element piece for sure. Yeah. And I think by creating news and people can see themselves in those stories and can relate to those stories, that's where you're going to get the dream. I guess lastly, one thing to keep in mind is when you're doing media relations, you do it with a purpose, right? You're not just doing it without any intention. But when you're pushing your agenda, you need to be careful because it can't be too salesy. It needs to have a solution, a resolution, an issue that you're talking about. Because if it is too salesy and you're pushing your own agenda, it's not going to get up. And that's where you're going to get the reporter saying, if you want that, you got to pay for it. You're asking for an Mm. ad, not a story. So I think that's something just to be mindful of. Yeah, exactly. I think you really hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I've got a few no-nos myself, you know, as a former journalist. I'm going to say it, media releases are dead. I know that might be controversial and and make corporate marketing teams tense up, but I think they're dead. And that's sort of a philosophy that we have at Good Talent Media. Keep it for the website, keep it for the stakeholders, but keep it short, sharp and quick for the journalists in this 24-hour news cycle that are too busy to delve through your 800-word salesy media release. And I guess, you know, off the back of that, another no-no for me would just be chunky text. You know, break it up, use some bullet points, have a catchy headline, just don't have big chunks of text that no one can be bothered to read through if that's coming through in your inbox. And yeah, I mean, sort of something that you also added was including data, you know, if there is a case where they, a case study is absolutely out of the question, you really need some strong data to back up what you're talking about. You know, what makes it relevant now? What's the urgency? What's the problem? What's the solution? And how does that data back up what you're claiming? So Lindsay, I mean, what are some tips for getting things over the line? We've talked about the no-nos. So what are the (laughs) (laughs) do-dos? So getting your pitches over the line. First off, I think you mentioned this, Nicola, short and sharp. Be intentional with your words. Keep it to a minimum. Again, people's attention spans are short. So don't cover the lead. Make sure you have that up in front, exactly what you want to say, your hard-hitting facts and aspects at the top. So again, short, punchy, and sharp. Secondly, you need to understand who you're targeting, and it goes a little deeper than that. So figure out the audience that you want to target, but then also keep in mind that the journalist only has so little time and Mm. attention span. So you're focusing really on two different types of individuals. So just do your research on what the journalist covers, do your research on the target audience of the publication as Mm, well. Absolutely. I think that one's so important. And I know that that's the bugbear of many journalists is getting a a picture that isn't relevant to them. And, and, you know, that really hinders the relationship that you're trying to start Mm. with them as well. So 
yeah, just taking a little bit of time to do your research absolutely is going to improve your strike rate. Yeah, absolutely. And then lastly, just look at the current headlines and see how your story might fit in it reactively. Yeah, for sure. I think that's an easy way to make it current and relevant. And we know, you know, we love proactive stories, but they can take a lot longer to progress. So if you're wanting something now, quick, short, sharp, that's definitely a way to get in fast. Lindsay, you've really hit it with those points again. I think I'll just add one last one and and that's pick up the phone. You know, relationships start with conversations Picking up the phone, feedback's instant. You're asking journalists for advice. How could you, you know, how could you build out the story better? What's missing? That's where success lies. And I think that's something that people steer away from when they shouldn't. Don't live in your inbox. Pick up the phone. And that's inevitably going to improve that strike rate at the end of the day. But that's all, I think. Lindsay, any other points from you? Yeah, I feel like we gave the people exactly what they needed. Well, that's all we can do. (laughs) Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thanks, Nicola. If you're inspired to increase your profile and strengthen your brand, a Good Talent Media story creation meeting could be a great place to start. You'll meet some of our key team members and do a deep dive into your brand's possibilities. We'll give you tools and strategies to implement straight away. Email info at goodtalent.com.au with the title Story Creation to get yours today.